21 CL Radio. You're listening to the Run Your Life podcast with host Andy Vassar. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, Neela Steele and, and me recording our Four Times Mindfulness podcast series. We are now on our fourth installment. Uh, to be honest, it's been a very, very busy last couple weeks here. We're leaving China, and we've been meaning to record this episode. Uh, so we are currently in Masala Kitchen, which is a great Indian restaurant about 1.2 kilometers from our beautiful home in Nanjing, China. So um, without further ado, I want to introduce Neela Steele, my partner for life and uh, co-host on the show. So Neela will just uh, say a few things about herself before we go into the rest of the episode. Neela, go ahead. Um, as some of you may know, I'm Andy Vasley's wife, and Andy and I have been living around the world in Japan, Azerbaijan, Cambodia, China, and now we're preparing to move to Saudi Arabia. And... We have two boys, two beautiful boys, who are our third culture kids because they hold Canadian passports, but they have never lived in Canada. And uh, I'm sure we'll find out about all their reflections when they're well into their 20s and they hopefully have some beautiful stories to tell us. I hope they do. Um, so four times mindfulness is all about um, sharing our go-to sources of insight and inspiration from the week uh, that have kind of moved us forward and seeing as it's a very stressful time in Neela, people, you know, research shows that the most stressful times in life are um, among the top of the list is moving. Moving and we're not even moving there. houses in the same city. We're, we're shifting gears completely and moving cultures, moving experiences, everything. Moving continents. Continents, yeah. everything. But I think that we've done a really good job at putting things into perspective. Um, so you're going to start off with um, your first seat of mindfulness. Um, and go ahead. Okay. Explain what it is. Um, this... This tool was shared. This tool was shared by my friend Marina Geisen a couple of years ago, and she was making a major decision in her life. And she shared with me this rule called the ten 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 rule. And um, I wanted to credit that it was Susie Welsh, a business writer, who invented this tool. And I believe she also has a book by the same name. So the 10-10-10 rule has come into play in the last month. Uh, well, we, we've used it over and over. I mean, Andy left teaching in the traditional sense, working at Nanjing International School, and took the leap and consulted. And that was one of the times we plugged in this 10-10-10 rule. So if I share what the rule is, is the first 10 brings you into the present moment where you might say in one minute 
for 10 minutes, how will I feel after I've made this major decision? And the second 10 represents 10 months. So how will you feel after you've made the decision in the foreseeable future when the initial reaction has sort of played out? And the final 10 is for how will you feel in 10 years? And we've even shortened it sometimes. It's been the 555 rule. And again, you can alter this for anything. If you want to do two minutes, two hours, two months, you can implement that. But the reason that uh, I'm mentioning it now is because uh, everything in our house right now is topsy-turvy. And we're waiting to receive our visas so that we can leave China. Our passports are currently in Beijing. Um, everything in the house, as you know it, in its normal place, is not there. So when you start to use the 10-10-10 rule, it just helps you to put things into perspective. And the initial 10 is what I'm really focused on because that's where the mindfulness comes right in. And it gives you that moment to pause and just you can observe how things are going. And... The other thing I like is, or well, I don't like, is realizing that we have that tendency to exaggerate a certain setback. And we play it over and we catastrophize it. And if you just start to settle and observe that emotional reaction, because we're ruled by our emotions, we are so rooted in our feelings. And when they take over, you sort of lose control or let go of the reins so and catastrophize yeah it's yeah that's what i said so you don't yeah. want to stay in that loophole where you're saying all the things that could go wrong if you take a moment create some space practice that mindfulness in that moment and then you say well in 10 minutes okay this is how i'll feel or 10 months 10 years, it will seem pretty insignificant over the things that you worried about in that moment. Yeah, I think that's that's amazing. I think that I'm very proud of us, to be honest, trying to deal with everything that we've dealt with and, and then being so... What, what happened this past week is that we were turned down for our work visas. Um, and going to a new country, you're always going to have to, uh, when, you know, you have to apply for work visas and there's always going to be issues. So this is not a Saudi Arabia thing. This is just moving to a new country, jumping through hoops and making sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and that we have all the paperwork in order. But we were turned down last week for our work visas. So we had to do more paperwork, which, which is fine, but I'm proud of the way that we handled that because in the greater scheme of things we had the ability to be frustrated in the 10 minutes and to then look at 10 months or even 10 years and to say you know what in 10 months time this is going to be a distant memory we will be in saudi arabia we will be working at settled a new school, and living yeah. settled and living and it's a reminder 
that um, what you have in the moment when you're frustrated and angry, you've got a beautiful family, you're, you have everything you need in the moment right. to get you through that stressful time. So the 10-10-10 for me is a great reminder to put things into perspective and to slap yourself in the face to awaken yourself to say, you know what? Maybe I'm being too emotional right now. Maybe yes. I'm consumed yes. by the first 10 minutes and the reaction of the first 10 minutes after you get bad news or news that you don't want. So I think it's a great rule to move yourself forward and as you say, modify it. So what, what do you have to just kind of close off the first seed about even though it's 10, 10, 10? Right, you can modify it for anything. And in some of the articles I was reading about, uh, one, uh, one article commented on a man who was dealing with addiction. And he said he really tries to use that to battle or to change his mindset. How will he feel after he's made a decision to take this powder or substance? And if you are dealing with whatever is your vice like drinking beer or losing weight or quitting smoking or I mean the 10 10 10 rule can be used in your relationships in your career um, what other ways can it be applied figure uh, just yeah you know, goal setting in general right yeah yeah difficult decisions mostly is when we've put it into practice but I think I think naturally even parenting when you discipline how are you gonna feel after uh, you know, how will this affect your child after 10 minutes? And again, if you want to just start with baby steps, do one minute. How am I going to feel after one minute, one hour, one month, yeah, one or week? one day. One week, one day, yeah. yeah. So I think it's that idea that I recorded a podcast earlier with Tom Johnson and um, that idea that everything is negotiable in our lives, you know, so you're told one thing, but you can adapt, adapt it and change it and, and tweak it and modify it. So even though Neela has just said the 10, 10, 10 rule, modify it into kind of three phases of uh, meaningful interpretation in your own life, whether it be one minute, one hour, one day, or 10 minutes, 10 months, 10 years. It's just that idea to put things into perspective on the short-term basis and the long-term basis. Great. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what has uh, inspired you this week about trying to be mindful, or what have you listened to that has sparked your motivation? Um, I actually, you know what, uh, I listened to a TED Talk um, today, the, the latest TED Talk. I was doing the dishes. It was Father's Day. And I cooked I was you a, I, I, I cooked you a great... <laughs> A great brunch on Father's Day. I was taking a nap. Yeah, she, she, Neela was taking a nap, and I cooked a great brunch for my boys. And cleaned and up, then, too. But after uh, the brunch, that's when you went up and took a nap, and then I cleaned there's up. There's no sin in taking a nap. No, there's okay. not. So, I actually really, so really, TED Talk Radio is I what you were talking yes, about. Yes, and I really enjoyed the experience of listening to the podcast and cleaning up. So the, the TED Radio Hour is called Becoming Wise. And that's the latest episode, fantastic episode. Um, and it's all about how we acquire knowledge. And there is uh, something very moving in there. 
it's a story. It's a story about a uh, from a South African man who did a TED talk. Uh, the South African guy grew up on a on a uh, game reserve, uh, and his life was about living with animals and, and observing them. And he didn't realize the power of that experience until much later in life. But the amazing thing is, obviously, he came from an influential family having this game reserve. And when Nelson Mandela was released from prison after 27 years, Nelson Mandela's people thought the best thing for you is rest and recuperation. So we're going to send you to this game reserve. So he ends up, Nelson Mandela, going to this TED speaker's game reserve. So imagine this TED speaker as a 10-year-old boy, and he was bringing Nelson Mandela breakfast every day in bed. And then Nelson Mandela would have his breakfast and then go for a walk in the game reserve, looking at the, the amazing animals and the environment and the wilderness. And every night they would come together, Nelson Mandela and the boys' family, and they would watch TV that kept showing Nelson Mandela's release from prison with hundreds of thousands of people watching. And Nelson Mandela had these private conversations with the family. And he opened up about the idea that he's in prison for 27 years. Yet Nelson Mandela was able to kind of share what he learned from that experience, which was to the idea of going within and thinking and to create in himself the things that he wants to see in the world. Um, so it's this, this kind of idea that Nelson Mandela represented this act of open-heartedness which is rooted in, the fundament, in, in a fundamental philosophy that the South Africans hold, uh, which is called Ubuntu. And Ubuntu, as described by Wikipedia, is all about human kindness. It is an idea from the South African region, which means literally humanness, and is often translated as human humanity towards others. So Nelson Mandela became this driving representation of Ubuntu. And primarily summed up, it, it means I am because of you. Or people are not people without other people. Um, and it really is, at the heart of it, it's all about um, being very, very present to the human connection. And when we are ultimately present to the human connection, that's what brings us to a deeper level of consciousness, is connecting with others. So I think that's, that's a huge takeaway for me, because mindfulness is not only about our own well-being, but it's also tying our well-being into the well-being of others. And it goes back to the it's impossible to be present to our own well-being or the well-being of others if we're not truly in the moment. And that's what I got from that whole thing with Ubuntu is that 
you got to slow down and you've got to connect and that is the, the biggest thing in the world if it's connecting with your kids connecting with your students connecting with your spouse connecting with whoever it is your friends but don't waste time thinking about other things and thinking about what you have to do next be present in that moment of human connection as Nelson Mandela says it's all about peace reconciliation and harmony so that is a huge takeaway and I learned that today doing the dishes after I made you breakfast on, on Father's, Father's Day, Day. <laughs> And if I wasn't open to that experience of allowing you to go up and take a nap, then I wouldn't have listened to that podcast. And I wouldn't have my Thank second you. seat of mindfulness. Thank you, Andy. Lassley. First, do you have anything True. to add to the Ubuntu thing? Well, what you said, what you said, the last line, you said it's about connecting to others on a very human level, reconciliation. And what else was it that you said? You said uh, focusing peace and on harmony. peace and harmony and reconciliation. And again, just taking baby steps and trying to do that, it builds, it gets better. It's not always easy to reconcile with people you feel that have done you harm or have you have some grievance have with them. You in yes, some way. yes. So it's a it's a great message, especially coming from Nelson Mandela, who spent 27 years of his life in prison. I can't imagine that, but so. And then that sort of leads into my second or our third seat of mindfulness. And that is um, one of the things that I'm known for at our current school that we're leaving is a lingering 20-second hug. And I remember, I, well, I don't remember where I first read about it. But it was the 20-second hugs are those magical moments where you actually get a dose of oxytocin, that bonding hormone. Which is literally a, a chemical in your body. Yeah, a hormone in your body. So you, you receive it when you hug. Um, you receive it if you're sort of wrestling or play fighting, uh, breastfeeding, nursing babies. And so... The reason that I want to say that is because this week has been incredibly emotional. We are now saying goodbye to all the relationships that we have cultivated and created in the last five years. Everything that we have known and, and are familiar with, we are being picked up and we're going to be airdropped into Saudi Arabia. So um, the last day of school, I really made an intention to make it special make it those moments where I did linger and give hugs of course they're to the people that I feel most comfortable with and who I've already built a relationship with but it's literally the 20 second hug and that's what you're known for at the school yes right? yes so yes. so when you hug people people the tendency is to pull away after yeah five or, seconds. or tap on the back of the shoulder or just have like a brief chest bump but once you start to really embrace someone wholeheartedly that you were saying, connecting, wishing someone else really goodwill, it's such a difference. It's such a difference. And we recently said goodbye to Mr. Jesse Duma. And we, you know, it, it sort of has that space and that moment where you do start to feel choked up with emotion because you allow yourself to go there 
with a simple like pat on the back and a, a little bump to the chest, you don't you don't get that. And it, again, if you are uncomfortable with doing that, just hug someone and take one breath. A 20 second hug is about three slow breaths. And it's just giving yourself uh, that mindful farewell, how important it is to say goodbye to people in a meaningful way and be present because you're not consumed with, oh, I still have to do this, I still have to do that. And then you get that moment of quiet and solitude and you think, oh, I, I really didn't say goodbye well to that person. And the other thing I wanted to touch upon is we take for granted that we're just saying bye to people on a daily basis. It doesn't, you don't have to leave or you don't have to go through a major move in your life. But if you take that time to say goodbye in a mindful way, because you don't always know that it's going to be guaranteed that you're going to say goodbye again to somebody else. And I know that might be going to the sort of dark side or the macabre side, but there are so many stories out there where people say, my last goodbye wasn't the way that I wanted to say goodbye. So 20 seconds is the magical amount of time to melt into a hug. Which is based on scientific evidence of actually releasing oxytocin. Yeah, I think it was, I think I now I'm recalling where I first read it, and I think it was in the book The Charisma Myth by Olivia Fox Cabine, and she talks about it in her book. So, if you can, go out and practice the 22nd hook. And I, I think with with Jesse, and I hope Jesse, you listen to this because you're you're a special guy. So Jesse Doom is a grade three teacher at the school here. Good man, right? Yes. Um, so it's it's that idea of of just really taking the time to connect, and if if. 20 seconds is too long, as Neela said, because the tendency is that you embrace in a hug and then it becomes back slapping like that, right? The tapping and on the back. And then tapping and saying, okay, enough, enough, because you don't want to go to that place. But it's, it's not only 20 seconds uh, to say goodbye, but it can be that idea of what 20 seconds represents on a daily basis, right? It right. doesn't have to be just those goodbyes. It can be just any moment. And that's what you do. And that's what you've become known for at Nanjing over the last few years is giving 20-second hugs In including to, to people who challenge you as well. I know. Talk about that. Yeah. No, I've, I've been offered hugs by other colleagues who at first I, I wouldn't initially be eagerly to offer my 20-second hug, but then once people started to know that that was one of the ways I tried to practice connecting with others, um, I was asked for a, a, a long embrace, and uh, it was, it was, I felt slightly awkward with this person, but in but the end, but in the end, yeah, I got through that little uh, hump of awkwardness, and the other thing I wanted to say about the hugs, too, is uh, so much of connecting with your partner, perhaps when you haven't been connecting in an intentional way, just by touch, just, um, you know, arm around the shoulder or that, that 
moment where you just kind of melt into each other's arms is really nice. And uh, it's a very special and simple way to just, again, on a, on a very human level, connect with someone else. But people listening can take it to their own level so they can start with step one is just a hug. Step one, Anna Ewan can only hug for maybe three or four seconds. Which so we, we modify, we differentiate it for yeah. her. Yes. So. And the other thing that I always tell people is you can't talk. You just hug, you breathe, you melt in, you relax your shoulders. I can almost fill out a little criteria sheet for most people, but just going out, go out give somebody a hug even if that's your doggy so, so there there's your there's your challenge that's for me. people listening is after this episode and you listen to it and, and we're done uh, you know when you're done at the end of the podcast then your job is to go out and devote yourself within 24 hours to giving a not maybe a 20 second hug but but giving no, a go hug out. Them no, less. no. Go out there. Go out there. Have. A, Are you, you saying know. twenty seconds? Yeah, go all out. Okay, so, so you, Neil, you can't Neil go Steel. wrong. You can't go wrong yeah, with Neil an Steel all out, wholehearted, saying, warm embrace. Yeah, Neela Steele is saying within twenty four hours of listening to this podcast, Sorry, challenge. You, you must give a twenty second hug without talking or back slapping to somebody in your life. Could be somebody challenging. Could be. Your son, wife, spouse, who we don't have to give the examples, they can figure it out. Dog, cat, yeah. whatever it is. Goldfish. Grandmother. Let's go. Okay. It's my turn now. Our last and final seed of mindfulness. I'm really gonna open up here, Neil Uh-oh. Steele. I'm gonna open gonna... up here and I'm gonna share a visualization that I came up with this okay. week. Oh yes, I love this one. That you've already shared with me, but I love this yeah, one. I already shared it with you, but um, so I'm like an athlete kind of guy, and there might be a few guys. Like I know Jeff Carson, my friend, that uh, I was a quarterback in university, and uh, every practice for four seasons, I had to face this linebacker on the other side of the, uh, you know, on the defense, and he would come dirty shots, cheap shots. But you know he listens to the podcast. And uh, so, you know, it, it's kind of like directed at the Jeff Carson type person. But I, lo- I would give Jeff Carson a 20 second hug. Yeah, of course yeah, you would. You yeah. can this summer. I will. Right. So it's the idea of being very, very grateful because oftentimes in life, we are so consumed by our immediate needs and where we have to go next that we forget the blessings in our life mm. and mindfulness is truly about being very cognizant and aware of the blessings in our life whatever they may be part of that process is actually giving gratitude and this is rooted in research as well um, Tony Robbins is huge so for those of you that don't know Tony why well, I think most people know Tony Robbins um, Tony Robbins is um, a great motivational speaker and he goes around discussing the idea of, of being grateful and and uh, really changing your emotional state and he brings that message to business and uh, everywhere he goes in the world but that idea of uh, a ritual in your life needs to be giving gratitude for the good things so I've been experimenting as I said in the last few podcasts with uh, meditation 
And one of the things about meditation first thing in the morning is that you're very quiet and still and I'm a mover and I'm a thinker and, and I need to move and as powerful as meditation is in being still and quiet, I think that the idea of changing things up is also very good. So what I've done over the last week is um, I started to employ a new strategy which is to give gratitude for, for the good things in our life. So this is the visualization exercise that, that I created this week. Um, so I, I woke up and I devote five minutes to this and it's, if I have to describe it, it's me in the sunlight, kind of in a desert. And there's nothing around me but the sunlight and me. And I kind of hold my arms up in the air and I'm very grateful of the warmth and the light. And I'm just grateful of all the good things in my life. And then that vision lasts maybe 30 seconds or a minute. And then I bring in Neela. And then you come into the visualization and I hold your hand, we don't talk. And we keep breathing. I keep breathing during this visualization. And every time I breathe, I'm breathing in the light. And when you connect with me in the visualization, which is still in the desert with light above me. Right. Um, when I breathe in, now I'm breathing in light for you. So I actually see you light up your brain and your heart. And then in the next breath, Ty comes in, our son. And he's now holding my other hand. So I got Neela holding my right hand, Ty holding my left hand. And then I breathe in and then Ty lights up heart and brain. Mm. And then Eli, our second son, comes in and we connect this circle. And I breathe in light for Eli and in his heart and his brain. And then at that point, we open our circle to allow other people to join. So... Neil is on my right side, then somebody, whoever comes into my mind, and I place no boundaries on this, whoever enters my mind at that point, it could be somebody that frustrates me, somebody I love dearly, somebody I haven't seen in years, but whoever enters that, that in that moment holds your hand. Right. And then we collectively breathe light into that person. Into that fifth heart person. Heart and brain. Yeah. So now we have somebody there. And then another person comes on the other side and now joins Ty's hand or Eli's hand. So it's kind of like a U-shaped line of people. And the same thing happens. So we collectively breathe in light and warmth in the, in the heart and brain of that person. And then we change sides. So then somebody adds to your side and then the other side. And then soon you have this long, long line of people that you're grateful for and you're breathing light into them and some people that pop in will be challenging people um, that's why Jeff Carson came into it so I actually <laughs> Jeff joined the line I just out of the blue Jeff came in but he's not at one of your challenging people no he, he's not well he any... was dirty in football okay, and he that gave was me dirty shots you're... and stuff yeah but you're talking but he's about a good now guy. and hopefully he's listening no, to this because so this is an act of in light yes in his heart and yes, brain yes for him and his family and but it, it was beautiful. So, so by the end of the visualization, it probably took about 15 minutes maybe by the time I was done. Um, 
I really like felt a extended connection of kindred spirits. Yes, yes. Where you're not judging the impact they have on your life. Right. You just you're connected. And, and when you when you visualized that, you said you really felt it as if it were true, as if you were. Felt it. They slowly came in. Nobody spoke. Yeah. Nobody spoke. They joined the line. And it was, it's a powerful feeling because I don't feel only my own feelings. I feel a collective empowerment of everybody that joins the line. And we're all committed to that. Yeah. So in giving gratitude to those people in my life, for whatever reason they're in my life, we're connected in that moment. And then the next day I did it as well. And the people changed. Some were the same, some were different. Right. But it's a chance every day to allow people to enter your thought process and to give gratitude for them being in your life because they're in your life for a reason in that moment. I love that. And also, not only gratitude, but extending goodwill to others. And it connects to what you said with um, Ubuntu, is it? Ubuntu. Ubuntu, which is connecting with other humans and expressing goodwill towards others. Yes. Right? Absolutely. That, That... People are not people without other people. Well, we all need support from other people, but we get stuck in our own heads thinking about me, me, me. So yeah. I love that one. And I I did, when you told me that visualization, I took that to my last and final yoga class at NIS. And my little spin on it was, first you visualize yourself, then you pick a loved one that you care deeply about. And again, you can choose another loved one. There wasn't a limited amount of people. But then you went to a uh, a friend, a colleague, uh, when I say difficult person who pops up in your mind, invite them in the, the light of chain, the chain of light. Yeah. And then also somebody that you might come across on a daily basis who is an, a, an acquaintance or somebody who might serve your coffee every morning. And then uh, finally, anybody else at random who popped in. So again, always modify it to however you're feeling in that particular day or moment. Which is the day-to-day interaction of life, right? And your own personal journey. So that's why it it can be uniquely different to each person. I love it. Yeah? Yeah. So um, that kind of, I opened up a little bit there and... uh, that's I don't mind sharing that. Yeah. I think that's that's nice, and I'm I'm happy sharing that. The last thing I want to say about that is that as they enter the circle and they hold the hand of the person that they're connecting with, it's almost as if you're standing in front of them and you make silent eye contact with them, and then you go back to your vantage point. So there has to be that idea of making eye contact with them. They're not just joining the circle. No, you're they're looking the in their eyes yes. as they join the circle, then you're back acknowledging, to... Acknowledging that they are there. Yeah, and I do this scan at the end. So you end up in this long U-shaped line of all these people that connected, and you can make it last two minutes or 20 minutes, however long. But the idea is after you connect the U into a circle... And then you stand in the center and then you do a, do a scan around the circle and you connect with their eyes. And it's beautiful. And you remember people as you last saw them. And it's a very powerful thing and there's, it's completely silent. So that's what I wanted to share. So if, I guess if we go back to uh, the, the first a, recap, initial, yeah. a recap. 
So the first seat of mindfulness was the ten 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 rule. The second. The second was uh, the Ubuntu uh, and the uh, becoming wise TED Talk and the idea of uh, the South African idea of. I am because of you, or people are not people without other people. Uh, peace, harmony, and uh, reconciliation. And then the third was the twenty-second hug, lingering in that moment and mindfully saying goodbye. Or just twenty-second hugs in general, not about saying goodbye but just that idea of embracing the 22nd hug, yes right? uh, absolutely in our case it's saying goodbye because we're leaving china that's right yeah. and then the last and final one uh is about giving gratitude in that practice of um, creating that chain of light as you described it gratitude and goodwill yeah gratitude and goodwill so everybody thank you for listening uh hopefully the fifth installment of uh, four times mindfulness will we'll be recorded take live place in, in Toronto. In Toronto. Yeah, but we're not sure crossed. yet. Yeah. We're not sure yet. <laughs> we'll see where we, where where our light brings us over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, and uh, my final message is: uh, schools out. Stay safe. May you all be free from internal and external harm, and may you continue to cultivate seeds of mindfulness. Thank you very much for listening. Happy Father's Day, Andy Vasley. Thank you, Neil Steele. I'll make you dinner when we get home. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Run Your Life podcast by Andy Vasley. To check out show notes, get some more information about Andy as well as his guests, head to our website, 21clradio.com.